Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We uh, had a discussion with Brad Clark in the first hour, a newly re-elected city councilor, of course, uh, who's going to head back and take the seat over that uh, he held previously. But there are uh, lots of other new faces on this council. And i got to tell you, we met all of them, I guess, on Monday night, on election night, when they came down to City Hall. Uh, and I was impressed with them. But the, the, I guess the, the t- big takeaway here now is there are more women on Hamilton City Council than ever before. Which begs the question, what kind of an impact are they going to have on this council? Laura Babcock, president of Power Group, joins us uh, in studio to talk about this. How are you doing this morning? Have you recovered from the election yet? (laughs) My voice might be a little scratchy. uh, And there's so much to that question, Bill, (laughs) in terms of what came out of it. But I do want to say I am doing great. It's my son Darrow's 10th birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Darrow. Can you believe it's been 10 years? No. You were at his first birthday party. I was at his first birthday party (laughs) in the backyard there, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm doing well. But you know what? Um, listening to Brad Clark earlier and just knowing how this government provincially seems to be looking um, with with quite a quite a you know a sharp knife at ways to cut from their spending, right? There is a promise of six billions in savings. and being able to take money away from things like basic income and and the minimum wage promises and now universities. I mean, what is honestly to stop them from taking the money away from the city of Hamilton, especially when we keep putting out mixed messages? Um, So my hope certainly is that uh, Fred Eisenberger, with the serious numbers that he got uh, and the new councillors, are going to be able to come up with a strategy where at least Hamilton is putting together the strongest possible case to keep funding coming to our city, as opposed to uh, getting into its own little internecine fight, uh, which is possible. Uh, and then Probable, giving, I would say. Uh, yes, I'm trying to be optimistic, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, which will lead, you know what, if I'm, if I'm at the, and I've heard other former cabinet ministers say this, um, if you're at the cabinet table and there's uh, an envelope or a funding commitment that's supposed to go out and the people who are supposed to receive it can't get their ducks in a row, it makes it really easy to say, you know what, <laughs> really, what yeah. are they going to do about it, right? Whereas when you have leverage, in other words, where you're mobilized and you make it a, a high priority and you there could be political ramifications, uh, if the funding doesn't get followed through on, then it's harder to just take that money away. So I'm I'm hoping that uh, Fred is being as proactive as Brad suggested earlier, and he is talking to the province and getting some commitments, and that council will move quickly to approve that operational budget for LRT and get on with it. As I said on the O Show last night, you know, let's get off the tracks, let the train come through, and focus on a hundred million other things we have to do in this city, and and get that commitment from Queens yeah, Park. Yeah, just get it done in, in paper, on paper, yeah, rather. Yeah. You know, so but you, you know, say, what? Yeah, Tom that. Jackson saying this, they're all looking for the L. Right, they're all looking for the commitment that that billion dollars can be used for potholes or for other infrastructure. Uh, you know, we don't hear a lot in the conversation about the fact that the LRT has a whole lot of infrastructure funding built into it in terms of what'll happen as they as they put those tracks down. Um, but you know, they're all looking for the off ramp. They've been saying it for a number of years. It has a lot more to do with people in Hamilton getting reelected over and over and over again. Um, then it has to do with a uh, forward vision for our city and respecting all the time and effort and energy and money that the taxpayers have already put into this project, right? So so uh, it's not news that there is a political culture in Hamilton that lacks longer-term commitment, vision, strategy. It's very frustrating. But I'm hoping that some of the new councillors can bring um, some fresh ideas, some fresh courage, 
around our council. That would be great. You've met them. Uh, I have, yeah. John Paul Danko, uh, we yeah. had on the show on Monday. And, of course, we'll talk about the, the women, uh, the new ones, too. too. What, what's your impression? I, I, I was very mm-hmm. impressed, actually, with the quality of, of all of them that won mm-hmm. uh, for first time on, on Monday night. Well, you know what? It's interesting you asked that question because I was the moderator of the debate for the by-election. Yeah. And it's the first time that I'd met John Paul Danko. It was at some school on the mountain. And I thought of all the candidates, he, including Donna Skelly, he was the most prepared, the most professional. And so I made a point afterwards of saying, like, who are you? <laughs> you know, where'd yeah. you come from? Yeah. Uh, and then got to know him over the last year. And he almost won that. It was very close with Donna Skelly. Uh, and so, you know, I certainly thought a moderate voice on council, somebody who lives in a ward, understands it, has a, you know, there's very little about John Paul Danko that people, when you meet him or you look at him on paper, you don't like. And I think that that, that um, having him, a moderate voice, a successful business person, uh, his wife, of course, is the school trustee for the Catholic board. They're just a great family. And having him, I think, will be very helpful. I don't know Narinda personally, but I certainly uh, obviously know Matt Green, and I, I know a number of Narinda's friends, and they speak very highly of her intelligence. And she helped organize that amazing campaign that Matt Green ran a few years ago, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was technically and, and from a messaging perspective one of the best I've seen. Uh, so obviously she's got some strong skills, and I, I look forward to that skill set coming around the table. Maureen Wilson, you know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I, I felt that the second that I heard her on, on Graham Crawford's podcast that she was maybe going to be taking a public role because when you sort of put yourself out there and, and start to make uh, opinions and form them in a public uh, airspace, usually there's some sort of intention even if you f- don't fully realize it yet. So I wasn't surprised when she decided to run. I think that she understands Council very well from her time back in Well, that's in what Mary I Wade's said to her office. when she showed up Monday. I said, yeah. welcome back to City Hall. Exactly. She's back on her ground. Uh, and I think she's tough. And I don't think she's going to suffer fools lightly, right? Um, but also there's the dynamic of when you're a critic and then you end up around the, the horseshoe, is there going to be some sort of tension to try to get past as well? Um, so all of them very interesting people. Um, and I'm sorry, who's, who are who well, else we, is we, uh, yeah. Let me ask you about yeah. Esther Ball. Oh, Esther, of course. Now, everybody yes. knows us. She's, oh, my she's goodness. been vibrant and lively in this community for the longest time. She of called course. our show and, you know, and she, she revved us all up on election <laughs> night. <laughs> uh, Esther is, is a tornado of enthusiasm and energy. And I love the idea that she is going to shake them up. I mean, there, there really is a consolidation of power around council. The, the longtime councillors, Collins and Marula and Jackson and maybe Ferguson's in that mix now. They have a tremendous amount of knowledge and power. Um, and over the years, it has sometimes seemed as though they've been a little casual with that. I can see, <laughs> just in terms of, you know, not listening to delegations and things of that nature, uh, I can see Esther not putting up with anything like that. Right? I'd I put all three of them in that boat. Now, mm-hmm. I, again, as I say, I just met Narendra for the first yeah, time, but I yeah. knew of her by reputation. Yeah. I, I worked with Maureen uh, back when I was on city council, and of course, everybody knows about Esther and her vibrant mm-hmm. personality. These are strong women. Yes, absolutely. And, and i got to tell you, really, Lori, I know some of the people around that council table, they're not going to like that very much. I would concur. Um, not because they don't like women, but because 
I think all three of these women are a force. I think, and, and it kind of the reason why a lot of women don't get into elected office is because they're too busy running their homes, their families, their family budget, their businesses. Right? Yeah. It, it is really a, a role that I've certainly experienced. I do it too. Uh, so if they're going to make the leap into politics, they're not going to waste time and mess around. Truly, because uh, they've women generally have too much they have to do. So I expect that these women are going to you know say we can operate faster, better, more pragmatic. Like, let's get going here. I got stuff to do, and I, I think that's a wonderful thing. There is a problem oftentimes on city councils uh, with uh, a group, mm-hmm. the, the veterans, uh, and you know, some of them, and it varies sometimes depending on the issue. Uh, and there's a great deal of pressure for newcomers to either conform or be alienated. Absolutely. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out because uh, I, I can't see any of them, uh, you know, getting uh, intimidated, for instance, by by those those sorts of tactics. Absolutely not. I mean. Th- those three women, and as I said, as I, what I know of Narinder, uh, they are not to be intimidated. And I think that counselors who want to move an agenda should quickly just get over that and realize that it's a new day. It's a new dawn on Hamilton Council. Uh, now, does it mean that they're going to know everything and that they're not going to make mistakes and that they don't have a whole lot of stuff to catch up on and a learning curve? Absolutely. Um, but I, I have high hopes that maybe we'll see a different functionality, a different productivity a coming different out of tone? council. A different tone, yeah. And maybe not, and maybe not a, uh, a kinder, gentler tone. I'm certainly not known to be kind and gentle. I'm a force myself, and I, that's great. Works well for me in business, and I hope that those women bring that as well. Uh, and I hope that they're not, you know, I hope that there's not those horrible sexist currents out there that say that a strong woman is, you know, something not nice, right? But you've experienced that. Oh my goodness! Come on, yes, of course. <laughs> I take the I take the B word label as a as a as a sign of I'm I'm pushing the envelope and making things happen. Um, but I just hope that they're not exposed to that. I hope in 2018, 2019. We're at the point where women can be strong. I was I was uh, joking on Twitter that uh, a couple of people didn't think I should be laughing on election night because professional women don't laugh, right? Oh, really? <laughs> I know. Would a man ever get that if they laughed at it? I mean, come on. So I'm hoping that these women uh, hit it and bring their best to it. And, and John Paul Danko as well. I think he's going to, and Brad Clark is back in there. I'll be interested to see how he uses this next chance at council. I have some thoughts about that. Um, but I do think that it changes things. And most importantly... It tells our daughters that, you know, almost, almost half of our city council are women. So politics is not a male sport anymore. It's not a man's game. And uh, if you want to do it, you can do it now. And whenever women see that, they, as children, young girls, whenever they see it, then they sort of reshape their thinking around the opportunities for them. And I think that's fantastic. Well, the, the three new women uh, that are going to join uh, the other ones, the veterans that have already been reelected, uh, I'll bring something to the table, and that's professionalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, mm-hmm. I, I, from what I got from talking to them on Monday night, uh, a very, very strong basis of policy. Yes, smart, smart cookies. And I loved even Esther Pauls when she said, you know what, I know what I know of LRT from the spectator side of things. Once I'm in council, I'm going to go in there, dive deep and learn, right? And then I'll form my opinion. I love that. Open-mindedness. I'm not an ideologue. I, I want LRT, but I love her answer. Go in there and find out. To your question, though, about whether or not they're going to stay principled or whether they're going to get into the horse trading game and be pragmatists, 
you know, I don't think that they need to be outliers to be principled at council. That's sort of been the trend in the past. If you're going to stick to your principles, you kind of get shoved to the side. Uh, we saw that with Matt Green right from the beginning. He was going to do this principle, then he became a bit of an outlier. Well, and we saw it with Brad Clark. Absolutely. There's a lot of acrimony around that table. Absolutely. So you know what? I hope we get past that in Hamilton. I hope we realize that just because someone is principled and isn't into the old school horse trading game that this city, I think, has led to some corruption over the years, uh, that's, that's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing. Be principled and be part of the discussion. Be at the table as opposed to being shunned. So I think there's a new dynamic. You know, if you've got three highly principled, intelligent uh, new people coming on, a fourth with John Paul Danko, you're not going to be able to sideline all four of them, right? Well, that's what the hope is going to be at yeah. this stage. And, and I, I get the sense from, from all of them, from John Paul and from the, the three uh, ladies, that, uh, that they're going to hit the ground running. Yeah, and hope is not a plan, right? Hope is not a strategy. Yeah. Um, so I hope they have a plan. <laughs> I've said to every candidate who says, I'm, when I get on Hamilton Council on their victory celebrations, I'm not going to get into that whole, uh, that whole culture. And I Everybody say, really? says that. I say, so what's the plan, right? You know, hope and tension is one thing. I'm, in, I'm a strategist. You've got to have a plan to back up the intent. So I'm hoping that they have a plan. You know, just because there might be a triad over here or a consolidation of power over here, why can't you have your own? Why can't you go in and coordinate your own votes? I mean, that's what it's about. Well, when you're going around like that from, you know, and the 16 people around the table, I mean, you've got to form your alliances and, you and know who you can count on and who you can trust. Well, you remember back in the Danny Mayor days, yeah. he always knew the count on the vote. He had a certain councillors that subscribed to his vision for the city, and that's how he was able to get stuff done. Um, people might not love everything about what he did during his term, and that's fair, but he understood how to get people together. And Fred is coming in now, let's face it, a third term as mayor, right? And he's got a big mandate. He's a, he's a good man, and people know that. Is he going to be focused and ambitious enough to push this LRT through the, that operational budget? Um, this is not a time to slow down, right? Now, this is where you put the pedal to the metal. And, and I, I, I look forward to him exercising what seems to be a, a pretty big mandate that he's received. I'm, uh, I'm not suggesting that Fred's uh, last term is, is upon us. I mean, he may want to run for the next 20 years, I don't know. But is, when you're into a third term as, as mayor of a city like Hamilton, do you start thinking about legacy? I would hope so. You know, I think the Hamilton sign is a nice legacy. Uh, I have to bring it up for the rest of my life. I enjoy being <laughs> a part of that. <laughs> um, but the, I think so. But I, but I think for him, it, it's a legacy's fine. But it's really about okay, why if this election was made into a referendum in spite of his campaign desires and stated so, okay, fine. You know, if people really didn't want the train, they could have voted for Vito in uh, oh, more than Fred. And there might have been other calculations why they didn't. They didn't know enough about him, whatever. Um, but whatever it is, at the end of the day, Fred got a big, big number, maybe the biggest of any Marison's amalgamation. What's he going to do with that? I don't care so much about legacy. I care about now. You know, there's a massive project in front of us. There's some big hurdles ahead of us. What is he doing now? If it were me, it'd be all hands on deck to get that operational thing signed, and I wouldn't think of much else until I got yeah. made it happen. Well, and that's the legacy I've been thinking yeah. about. Yeah, no, sure. Be... It is a legacy, but I just... I mean, Jack, yeah. Jack McDonald, the late Jack McDonald was that way. I mean, the expressway yeah. was, was yeah. his. And he, sure. I mean, from the time he was an alderman in the early 1960s mm -hmm. and then mayor, even when he was out of politics, he was never out of politics. He was always the, the, <laughs> yeah. the advocate for the expressway. <laughs> My favorite thing about Jack is every time he said, how's it going? He goes, I'm on this side of the grass, so it's a good day, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, so I mean, if you're doing it for your legacy, awesome. But I prefer that you do it for the immediate benefit of the people you represent. Uh, and that's all I'm saying, right? Right. Um, 
it, it's we're, we're so close. There are so many people who have dedicated so much time, and it's a good project for environmental reasons, for our future reasons, for investment reasons. There's a, a multitude of reasons why LRT should just get finished, and he needs to articulate that often and get those votes on council. Laura Babcock from Power Group. Always a pleasure. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.